Hello and welcome back to the 859 Insider Podcast, your home for all things Northern Kentucky High School Sports. I am your co-host, Adam Conradi, and as always, I am joined by my other co-host, Noah Ziegler. What's up, Adam? What's up, Jacob? How are you guys doing? Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing just fantastic today. This week, we're going to give you a run-through on all the big games, pick this past week's biggest winners, highlight the best player performances, and give an early district preview as some teams have their seating already locked in. All right, let's go. All right, so kick things off. I think we should talk about St. Henry and Beachwood. Part two, obviously they played once in the All-A Regional, and St. Henry won that game 59-52, but this time Beachwood got their revenge at home at the Tigers' den. They won 83-76. to Obviously, you know the deal. Scotty Drow leading the way with 43 points. Going up against St. Henry, a team like that, obviously a big win. But then it kind of didn't come together against Holy Cross. Beachwood falling to Holy Cross, 83-65. to uh, In terms of district play, that is a bad loss for the Tigers. But um, to kind of talk about them, obviously Beachwood is um, kind of an interesting, interesting team to talk about this year, especially the fact that they've had some really good wins and they've had some kind of puzzling, puzzling losses. Um, but in terms of their district play, Adam and Jacob, what do you think Beachwood kind of, how do you sum up the last week of them or week for them? And how do you think they go moving forward? Yeah, a really interesting week for Beachwood, getting a huge win over St. Henry, avenging their loss in the ninth region, all that classic and Scotty having a great night, 43 points, 12 to 20 from the field, 13 to 15 from the free throw line where he's been struggling at times this year. So we really stepped it up there and then they go and lose a big game against Holy Cross in the district. And that's where it's really going to hurt them where it comes to the postseason and the district seating. So all, I mean, Beachwood's going to end up dropping in our rankings this week after getting their biggest win of the season. So it's very bittersweet in their uh, long, in the long run, but I mean, it's still a lot of season left and they can definitely avenge that loss to Holy Cross. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm just uh, really surprised how up and down Beachwood season has been. As you just said, like one night, Sky Drow can drop 43, Will Downton could drop 31, and then the next night, nothing's clicking, nothing's going in. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how the rest of their season works out, especially in their district play, because if they have to get through Holy Cross and St. Henry, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off a second time. Right. Well, Beachwood has to worry about Cuffcath and their district. And speaking of Cuffcath, they had a huge win against Males, a game that definitely caught statewide attention. That was a huge win, a 70 to 58 win. And it just seemed like all game that Cuffcath was kind of dominating their frustrating male, which was expected to come in and kind of be an athletic team. Possibly um, a lot of people thought they were going to outrun Cuffcath. And I think Cuffcath did a good job. Had, they had a lot of players scoring in double digits. Started with Chandler Starks' 18 points, Evan Absaro, 16 points, and he's he's really growing into such a key player for them. Mitchell Riley, 12 points, Colin McHale, 12 points, and Donovan Stocks, 12 points. When you get that type of scoring production, you're going to be a hard team to beat by anyone in the state, really. And I think Cuffcath, I think that win honestly put them in, and I don't think we believe this at the start of the season, but I think that put them in as – state contenders state championship contenders again and i think a lot of people almost every year don't want to and i think we ha i think we just gotta admit it i think people don't want to and i think this year a lot of people thought okay we don't know who cuffcast big players are and it turns out okay they're going to be right back in contending for the sweet 16 
And I think they are very clear region favorites. And once they play Beachwood, I think it'll be interesting to see how close it is. If it can remain close, then I'll rethink what I'm saying. But I think Hubcath is just going to show that they're just by far going to win the region at this point. But what do you guys think? Am I overreacting about beating Mail? Because I know Mail was kind of shorthanded. That was there. It's very early in their season. But what do you guys think? Yeah, well, Cupcats stumbled a bit out of the gate after uh, losing to St. X. And who was their other loss? North North Laurel. Uh, North Laurel. North Laurel and Reed Shepard. He's just had he's leading the state of Kentucky in scoring right now around 34, 35 points per game. Just right, unbelievable. Keep, keep in mind, St. X, uh, since high St. X is uh, ranked third in the state in the AP poll for Ohio. Yeah, so both these losses, I mean, very understandable. And Mail was the number one preseason ranked team in the state of Kentucky coming in given this is only what their third or fourth game. So they might be a little shorthanded compared to this is Cupcats 14th, 15th game, but it really showed that Cupcat can play with absolutely anybody. This male team was in no way too much for them. And Evan Ipsaro this past week has really been coming into his own. He had 28 points, I believe against uh, Louisville St. X. And then he had another great game against Louisville male. And he's showing what kind of prospect he can really become. Evan Ipsaro is a sophomore, right? Yes. Yeah. Him and Jacob Meyer, that battle for the next couple of years is going to be incredible to watch. I think, obviously, Cuffcath, I think it's going to obviously have uh, be the better team most of the time, as they usually are with any team they play. But watching him going up against Cuffcath is going to be awesome to watch, especially as he develops as a player, because you see the numbers Jacob Meyer is dropping, and it's just absolutely insane. Yeah, that's a super fun matchup in that district for the next three years. Yeah, and you, you also have to think how you're talking about we didn't know who really the big players were for Cuffcath this year. You're talking about Ipsara, but you also could have Mitchell. You're going to have Mitchell Riley as well next year and have Mitchell Riley and Evan Ipsaro on the together as a duo. I think they're going to be pretty, pretty solid next year. Right. And keep moving on in the Cuffcath Beachwood district. Uh, we got to talk about Holy Cross as well. Holy Cross just putting it to Beachwood. And uh, speaking of teams making statements, it's just Holy Cross made one in that game. Uh, just laying it to him 83 to 65 and that's a game jacob meyer had 32 points baron mcclendon with 15 points uh jeremiah hicks with 11 and blake robinson with 10 and a couple other players scoring but you, you just look at that game and you go wow you, you don't expect beachwood to lose it in that type of fashion and then a day later they beat south oldham 79 to 67 but when you look in that district that puts holy cross in at the two spot and i think it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they have a couple of games. They have NCC coming up, Jacob, and I know you want to talk about that. Uh, then they have Lloyd, Cuffcath, Ryle, and then the uh, Cincinnati Trailblazers, which is a homeschool. So I have – all right, we'll see what happens there. Then they have Bracken County, Highlands, Bishop Rossert, Holmes, St. Henry. All those games are going to very much tell us where Holy Cross is going into the region. But obviously their last game is March 12th. That's over a month away, and that's against St. Henry, which is – my opinion going to be a great game and hopefully maybe go watch it at that point. I don't know, but guys, what do you think? Holy cross. How much of a statement is that? I mean, in, in terms of the region, what does that do for them? And we'll talk about that in a region poll after this, but what Holy cross, I guess, Jacob, if you want to start, what do you think? I mean, I have to start off. I mean, I think I got to give Holy cross an apology from last week. Uh, I talked to them about how they were saying they were kind of didn't know how they were going to be. And they really, they really did prove me wrong this week. And I think, once you are able to click like Meyer and McClendon are doing, um, I'm pretty scared for new cats tomorrow. Whenever you're listening to this, we are 
recording the day before that game. So if you know the final after, then you could prove me wrong. But I think tomorrow is not going to be as an easy game as I thought. And I think as a whole, Holy Cross going down the stretch, if they keep playing how they're doing, they're going to do some some real damage. Yeah, I completely agree. Holy Cross is really starting to click at this moment. It, it's just one of those situations with the COVID season. These kids didn't get to play with each other in the offseason. And Blake Robinson coming in as a transfer from Grant County he, as a senior, he, he's just getting to know these kids now. And now that he's connecting with them, he's obviously getting better shots. And they have they have four people averaging double figures right now. I believe uh, – Jeremiah Hicks just won player of the year or uh, player of the week in Cincinnati.com. And he's one of the top rebounders in Northern Kentucky right now. Everything's clicking on all cylinders for Holy Cross right now. And they're really scary when everybody really penciled Beachwood Beachwood in as number two in that district this year. uh, Right now it's Holy Cross number two. Speaking of being penciled in at number two in a district um, in recent years, it's been uh, a school that's used to that Scott. So uh, sorry about that, but um, Scott, number two, a little bit of a scare against uh, Calvary Christian. We got to talk about that 67 to 62. And it was a game that we talked a little bit about before we started recording that Calvary really should have won. They really had the opportunity there to steal that. And that that's just a win that they're going to talk about for a long time. But it's, it was there for the taking. It just didn't happen. Um, but what does I say about Scott? And I think Scott, and I'll, I'll talk about this later when we talk about our polls, but it, it kind of draws me uh, similar ties to Holy Cross where it's kind of like we don't know which sort of team we're going to get every night. But, um, Adam, what do you think that, like, the, the Calvary-Scott game, what do you think it means? Yeah, just an absolutely wild week for the Scott Eagles, honestly. They go and beat Campbell County thinking that would give them the one seed in the district. And then they have Calvary Christian at home, but I guess they were looking ahead past it. And well, they should have lost that game. Honestly, if it wasn't for Grant profit taking over in the fourth quarter, going on a seven Oh run by himself. And then Cam Patterson with a dunk to put, give them the lead a one point lead with under a minute left. It was a game that Calvary Christian definitely should have won. They were up consistently five to seven points at every point in the second half. And Scott just took it. I think, yeah, I totally agree with all that. You have to give some props to Calvary Christian, though, because they probably went in there thinking, well, Scott went in there thinking, like, this could be an easy win. Like, we don't need to worry about it, how they said they were kind of looking ahead, thinking they already got it locked. And they really, Calvary came in wanting to play. They wanted to be able to prove to people that they were better than people saw them as. And I think we got to give Calvary some props for that. All right. So now we're going to go into this past week's biggest winner. Uh, for mine, I will pick Holy Cross. They just had a massive district win over Beachwood, as we uh, previously mentioned, with Jacob Meyer just absolutely going off. And Jacob Meyer and Brandon McClendon are now the only duo in Northern Kentucky, both averaging 20-plus points per game. And I don't remember the last time, if ever, a duo from Northern Kentucky has completed the season averaging 20-plus points per game. So that's something to watch out for. And also coming up, they have a big game against Newcath tomorrow as we record this, and also another huge district game versus Cuffcath next week. So we'll really see where Holy Cross is after this next week and a half. Yeah, definitely Holy Cross is one of the winners. Uh, Jacob and I, we definitely we thought of the same uh, on the same wavelength. We both picked Highlands as our winners. Highlands coming in at a Nine and three record, five and two in the region. They beat Campbell County eighty six to seventy four and Connor seventy eight to seventy five. Both great wins 
for the Bluebirds. They face Beachwood in a couple of days on February 12th. As of now, obviously, with COVID, anything can happen within the next few days. But that's a big game for them. But, uh, Jacob, talk about kind of what makes Highlands as one of the winners of the past week. Right. Highlands had a huge past week uh, going 3-0. They were losing to Connor uh, in the second half to – like around 16, I believe that's what it was around. And Sam Vincent was able to lead the way back there, ended up beating Connor by three points. Now, this is not the first time Highlands has seen a comeback this year, but they were the ones that sort of gave up the comeback. So they probably realized that they were able to do it against Connor, and that's kind of what pushed them to be able to win that game against Connor. And then they decided to go in to Campbell County, and Sam Vincent wanted to have a triple-double. He had 24 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists, and Zach Barth, surprisingly what a great performance by him was eight from eight from three. And he had a 30 point game, which I don't think anybody expected coming out of that. Like I think Zach Barr's a solid role player, but I don't think anybody was thinking he would have that performance that night. And as well, uh, Mueller is starting to finally heat up. They're starting to click. He was kind of have a early rough season. Uh, So that's pretty much about it. And then they have a huge upcoming game against uh, up and down Beachwood team. That'll be kind of exciting to watch and to see if Beach were to come in that game thinking they have to win this and play their hearts out, or they'll still be in that slump and Highlands will be able to win that game easily. Yeah, the question is, which Beachwood team are we going to see that night when they face Highlands? So now we're going to run through the top performances of the past week. Uh, shout out to Simon Kenton's Kelly Niece, who just scored his 2,000th point in their game against Beachwood. Uh, he's averaging – uh, region leading or Northern Kentucky leading 26.5 points per game. And I read in my notes, he can get a bucket at will as I went to one of his last games. And when he has the ball, you know what he's going to do. It- All right. So another person we got to talk about is Scotty drought. Of course, we talk about him every week as he deserves. He had 38 points against Boone County, 43 against St. Henry, both of them big wins for the Tigers. His play is going to be key in terms of who does Beachwood which Beachwood shows up? Does Beachwood show up as one of the best teams in the region, or do they show up as a team that can be blown out by Holy Cross? And that's not a slight at Holy Cross. That's just to show that Beachwood is beatable by a lot of, a lot of teams in this region, I think. Or not a lot, but a lot more than one would think uh, before they lost to Holy Cross. But in their win against St. Henry, it shows that they can be one of the most dangerous teams in the region. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks with them, uh, the Beachwood Tigers. And another person to shout out is Covington Catholic's Evan Ipsaro, who had 28 points against Louisville St. X. Cuffcath had a big win against the Tigers, uh, 73 to 49. That's just someone who's come in and really kind of embraced one of the, uh, just him and just the top players of Cuffcath have really shown to be the, da- the most dangerous in the region, as I've talked about earlier before. But Ibsaro, the transfer from New Richmond and Ohio. Uh, New Richmond's a smaller school, and I think Covington Catholic was uh, a step, as a clear step up from them. And he's really made that step up, and he's really shown that he's one of the best players in the region. And he's only a sophomore, so he's only going to keep growing. I see him kind of like a C.J. Frederick type of dude. He isn't the type of person that isn't going to go off for, say, or he's capable of this, don't get me wrong, but he's he's not the type of dude that's going to go off for 43 points in a night like Jacob Meyer or Scotty Drought, but he's going to do everything right. He's going to do the little things to make sure that Covington Catholic plays its brand of basketball. And C.J. Frederick was one of the best players doing that, just doing everything. Colvon Handorf was too, just being epitomizing Covington Catholic basketball. But 
obviously um, Evan Ipsara with, again, a big performance against uh, Louisville St. X. So Cowcast split split the series against the St. X's, uh, losing the Cincinnati St. X. Uh, had to put that in there and beating <laughs> Louisville St. X. But yeah, so Jacob, what do you, what, who are some uh, big performers? So I'm going to give a big congratulations to Tyler Bush out of Ryle. He had 37 points against Walton Verona this past week, which was the record for most points per game in Ryle history. Uh, he's been on a tear lately. He's been really doing really well for Tyler or for Ryle. Sorry. And uh, I just want to give a big shout out to him for doing that record. And then the two other ones that I've already mostly talked about were Vincent's triple double against Campbell County and Zach Barth's 30 points as he went eight from eight, eight for eight from three against Cowan County, which is an exciting sight to see. I really wish I would have been able to watch that game in person, but it seems like Zach Barth, once he's able to click, he's going to be a pretty deadly force for the Bluebirds. Uh, a top performer of the week that I would like to give a special shout out to is Jude Bessler from St. Henry. He scored his 1,000th point in the their big district win against Dixie on Tuesday or Thursday night, or I, I believe it was last Thursday night. Jude's averaging 15.3 points per game, and he's been a regular player for them since his – so Jude's a player that sometimes gets lost in the shuffle at St. Henry, but this year it's not even close with him scoring his 1,000th point, and he's really set his uh, place in the St. Henry record books. He's the third brother in his family to play in the ninth region and the first to score 1,000 points, so that's some nice little bragging rights that he's going to have at the dinner table. And also, St. Henry now has 2,000-point scores this year, so this is the year for them to make a run. And another special shout-out that I would like to give is to Holy Cross's Brandon McClendon with an absolutely massive game at South Oldham on Saturday. He had 32 points. McClendon is a guy that missed the first couple of games because he was still coming off a football season, and he's trying to still get recruiters. And he, he actually won MVP of the Hawaii Tiki Bowl. He put up I think he caught three touchdowns and had an interception or just some unbelievable stats like that. So he missed the first few games and now he's really starting to come into form and he's averaging 20 plus or 20 points per game now after first couple of games averaging 12, 13. So it's really scary to see what this Holy Cross team can do as Brandon McClendon develops as this season goes and Jacob Meyer is only going to continue to improve. All right, so talk about checking in on the districts. Uh, the boys have given me the 31st district. Uh, to put it simply, I don't think Gallatin County's reign is going to extend into this year. They've had a couple of not-so-great losses, uh, a couple of games that have been winnable that they have let go late. I think it is Henry County's to lose – Owen County could win it. I don't think Gallatin County, it would be impossible for them to win the district. I think they can. They very clearly can beat every team in the district, but they just need to figure out how to put it together for the full game, all four quarters. And until then, until they prove it, I don't think that they should be considered favorites. But, of course, John Jones can orchestrate anything at this point. Um, but other than that, 32nd district, Moving on, I think it's obviously SK versus Walton again. Typical. Um, I think Walton is probably going to win that game. Um, do, do either one of you guys disagree with that? I think, I think it's Walton's to lose at that point. No, yeah, I agree. I like Walton Bruins' team a lot. They're, they've been one of the teams I'd like to watch all year, so I definitely agree with that. Yeah, all Simon right. Kenton just hasn't shown me what I thought they were going to with Kelly Neese this year. Isaac Miller has been a solid second scorer, averaging 13, 14 points per game. 
But at time at key times this year, I feel like he just has not been the go-to second scorer that Kelly Neese needs. And if SK wants to beat Walton Bruno, they're going to need Isaac Miller to step up. Yep. Moving on to the 33rd district. Uh, it's, it's, this is one of the districts that usually is competitive um, year in, year out. Obviously, Cooper, Connor, Boone County, Ryle, and shout out to Heritage Academy, I guess. But, you know, you have that for the four-headed teams. Um, Adam, I think you're, you're – correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're a little high on Ryle a little bit. Uh, do you think they could be potential runner-ups? And I think it's a consensus that Connor is the favorite, although I think Connor – I think we could all also agree that Connor could lose, could lose any game. But, um, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong. You, I think you like Ryle in terms of potentially getting to the district championship game and maybe doing something there. Yeah, I really like Ryle with the with their shooting potential. With Donovan Robinson and Tyler Bush shooting like they have these past few weeks, they both shattered each other's three-point records in Ryle's history in the past two or three weeks, which is unbelievable. One of them dropping 40, Bush dropping 37 in the past, past week. So I think they have the highest upside of any team in the region is what I'm going at. I know what Cooper's going to give me, and I think – I, like where, when it comes down to it, they are probably a better team than Ryle. But I, I think Ryle, if they get hot, they can really give Connor and Cooper a scare in this region or in this district. All right. So 34th district, I think it's pretty clear. St. Henry, number one, Dixie, number two, Lloyd, number three, just a normal year. But I think it's fair to say that Dixie has a shot to win this. I, I'm going to put my money on St. Henry if I was a betting man myself, but I think Dixie has the chance to win. What do you guys think in that district? Well, I think St. Henry has the best chance to win the district, obviously. I mean, they've shown it all year. They've obviously had their hiccups, but overall as a team, I think they will definitely have that district in the bag. So, Yeah, I think the first quarter of the game in, at St. Henry was really interesting this past week. Dixie went up probably five, probably six, ten points early, and they really showed that they – almost were like lengthier than St. Henry. And then St. Henry just outran them the rest of the game. But if Billy Wogenstall could play like he did in the first quarter that he did at St. Henry in a district matchup, I think they can give them a great game with Kieran Garcia shooting at the incredible field goal percentage that he has. I think he's third or fourth best shooter in the region overall. And they have four guys and averaging double figures. I, I think they can definitely take St. Henry down and give them a real scare in region. Or in district. All right, so moving on to the 35th district, I think it's clear Cuffcast number one, but obviously the big toss-up is Beachwood and Holy Cross. Um, right now, I think – actually, I think I, I think we should skip this because I feel like we'll answer this question when we talk about our regional rankings. But Holy Cross, Beachwood, two and three, I think it's going to be interesting to see where we all have that. So it, it, I think it's a good if we skip that, so that way we can answer that in the uh, top ten. Yeah, I think uh, you're forgetting one team, though. The best team in that district is uh, Covington Latin. They've only played a few games, but they're truly one of the best underrated programs. David Justice went there. People forget. Keep that. He said that with a straight face. He goes, I mean, Covington Latin is really the most underrated team. I'm I'm." Just- I couldn't Bro, do that. Didn't man. even mention him, man. Like, all right, Jacob, do you want to take the lead on the 36th district? I think you should because this is obviously your uh, 
your kind of expert expertise. Right. Uh, I really enjoy the 36th district. Of course, me going to school at Newcastle, it's pretty exciting because I know the most about that district. Um, Highlands, uh, to be honest with you, probably has this district in a lock at this point. Um, I maybe NCC can make a splash in the district final, but besides that, Newport, not really too hot this year. And then Bellevue and Dayton uh, just fell short again this year. And that's, that's upsetting, but as always, it's going to probably be a Highlands and NCC district final. And I think Highlands will probably win that game. Uh, in the 37th district, that's probably the most competitive district outside of the 33rd district that we have. Uh, Scott this past week, as we mentioned earlier, uh, beat Campbell County and Calvary Christian with a much easier win over Campbell County rather than Calvary Christian, nonetheless. And Campbell County also beat Bishop Brossard. So it looks like the seeding is going to turn out as Scott won, Campbell County two, Brossard three, Calvary four. So it looks like, as always, it should be the regular Scott versus Campbell County uh, district championship. And I, I have to say, I think Campbell County – at this point is in a better spot than Scott to win this game. I'd like to see what you guys think, but I, I think just Scott coming after that, coming off that Calvary game, it really showed that you don't know what Scott team's going to show up and Campbell County has their consistent scoring every night. And I don't know. I, I just feel more confident in them than I do in uh, Scott right now. Until proven otherwise, or unless Jake Omer finds some eligibility, give me Campbell County every day. I agree. I, I know. I know they already game. lost, but yeah, I know they already lost once. But in district play, give me Campbell County over Scott for sure. There's only one it's, man who can lead Scott over Campbell County, and that is Grant Summer. History does usually prevail. All right, so now we can move on to the 38th district, which is the only team from Northern Kentucky in that district is Pendleton County. And they've been getting hot of late. They've improved to a six and three record. They've had a few big wins in the past couple of weeks. Uh, game winner from Brandon Kidwell the other night. That is on our website. And uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to win it this year, sadly, because Robertson County has been very, very solid in the 10th region. But it looks like they should definitely make the region, though, as the runner up, as the other teams in the district are are not on the same level as them. Top 10 time. Ooh. All right. All right, moving on to the top 10. Uh, we put in our ballots, tallied it up. Uh, starting at number 10, we have Campbell County. Number nine, Walton Verona. Number eight, NCC. Number seven, Connor. Number six, Dixie Heights. Number five, Beachwood. Number four, Holy Cross. Number three, St. Henry. Number two, Highlands. And number one, Covington Catholic. Uh, I think our top has been – Kind of the same, except for one. Adam, you have St. Henry at number two. Jacob and I have uh, St. Henry at number three. And Highlands at number two. Adam, what makes you think St. Henry um, is better? It, it, what makes you put St. Henry above Highlands? And I, I think the obvious answer is their head-to-head matchup. But what uh, what else about St. Henry makes you put them above Highlands? Uh, I think St. Henry's had more battle-tested games so far this season. They've really come down to the – end in a lot of them not saying highlands has and especially in their big win in their fourth quarter comeback against connor this past week but i just think you know what you're going to get out of st henry every night more so than you do out of highlands 
they've had these big shooters come out and have great nights uh, here and there, as in Zach Barth going eight of eight from three at Campbell County. But you can't count on that every night. And as Luke Muller starts to really come into form, that's what you can really count on. So that's something to watch out for. If if Luke Muller can start really putting up numbers, I would definitely put Highlands at number two over St. Henry. But right now, I just think the duo of Wyatt Beef and Jude Bessler is better than that. Moving on, Jacob, you have Dixie at number five, and Adam and I have uh, Beachwood at number five. What makes you put Dixie above Beachwood? Because I know their head-to-head matchup isn't until later in the season, but what makes you think the Colonels are kind of edging out the Tigers at this point? I think uh, the main reason is right now, as we've seen the past week, we don't really know, as we've been saying, what Beachwood teams want to show up. And I think Dixie has been a consistent team pretty much all year. Uh, They've had some – They've had some good wins and obviously close losses, but there hasn't been any uh, indications that they are slowing down. And I think there's an indication that Beachwood is starting to slow down or either they're just in a slump and they have to get out of it. So that's the main reason why I have Dixie over Beachwood. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to talk about, Adam, I want to ask you, uh, you don't have Walton Verna in your top 10. Uh, Jacob and I have been, we, I think we're, we're pretty confident. We think we like Walton Verna. We like what we see. Adam, what does Walton Verona have to do to kind of, I, I guess, get your respect? Because they're sitting at a 9-4 and four record. They have a couple of good wins under their belt. But what do, what do you think they need to do to kind of get you to put them in the top 10 and kind of push them up those rankings? Uh, I think I would have had Walton Verona in my top 10 if it wasn't for their game Saturday, their uh, loss to Ryle. And that's I actually have Ryle as my 11th best team in the region because of that. Walton Verona has been very solid, nine and four, but I, I just think their schedule has been weaker than the rest. And they haven't proven themselves. And that loss to Ryle, I think, really hurts more than anything. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that loss to Ryle really showed that if Walton, if Walton isn't clicking, that they can lose to anyone. And not to say Ryle is a terrible team, but that's a game that Walton Verona should win six out of they, they win that game six out of seven times and unfortunately for them that one out of seven just happened to happen on that night all right to close out the podcast we're gonna just uh, give a couple of shout outs to northern kentucky uh players doing great things uh cameron herbert the mr kentucky football quarterback out of beachwood signed as a potential walk-on with akron this week big big offer from him I'm in, I mean, play a year or two there. He's definitely going to earn a scholarship is what that's saying to me. I, what do you guys have to say about that? Yeah, I think him being a preferred walk-on at Akron obviously gives him the opportunity to get a scholarship at some point and play at the FBS level. Uh, no matter what, I know Akron is still looking to kind of start, start it, you know, turn the program around. Obviously, Hergut's going to have the opportunity to do it there. But no matter what, he's going to have the opportunity to have a platform to have uh, to be able to showcase his talents on the national stage, as long as he works for it. Uh, I think a lot of people knew that Herget is, we kind of, we draw comparisons to Jake Homer. I know I've name dropped him a couple times this episode already, but Jake Homer utilized the spotlight to get his chance at Western Kentucky. And now Cam Herget's going to have the opportunity. He utilized the spotlight that was winning a state championship, the class two A for Beachwood being Mr. Kentucky earns a much spot at Akron and we'll see how he fares at the division one FBS level. And if he does well, great. And maybe, maybe he can transfer. If something happens, he could transfer to an FCS school, but I think him showing that he can compete at Akron at a Mac school and 
there are plenty of players in the MAC that go on to do big things in the NFL. So obviously he can put himself in that position. So it'll be interesting to see what happens kind of in the next few years. I'm assuming Akron's going to look at him at a, at a developmental, developmental standpoint, and we'll see where maybe they put him at a different position. But obviously we know he's a good quarterback. Yep. So I can't wait to watch him on Tuesday and Tuesdays and Wednesday nights in action this season. Oh, yeah. All right. Now moving on to the next Northern Kentucky player who's making splash in the college realm. That is Cooper's graduate, Sean McNeil, who had a great game last night against Texas Tech with Mac McClung guarding him. He had a nice step back three to give them a six point lead late, late in the second half. What do you guys have to think about that great performance out of McNeil? I think that's really good for the area. I mean, Sam McNeil and the West Virginia Mountaineers are playing pretty well this year. I'm really liking how they're playing and especially with that big game kind of puts us on the map and especially that nice three with Matt McClung. Yeah, I can tell you living in Virginia, I actually freshman year of college uh, was Matt McClung's senior year at Gate City, which is a very small town on the uh, Tennessee border with Virginia. And they played at VCU, which is two hour drive. So I went down there to watch that game because uh, it was spring break. I was bored. So I watched Matt McClung drop 40 some points in a state championship game. It was pretty fun. But I can tell you everyone over here in D.C. because he went to Georgetown initially before transferring to Texas Tech. Everyone loves Mac McClung. So for Sean McNeil to do that against Mac McClung, that's pretty cool because everyone up here now knows who Sean McNeil is. And now they know where he's from and he's from the 859. So I think that's pretty cool to kind of put the put us on the map. Well, I guess that wraps it up for us all today. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.